0: there, you're listening to Chronic Insights, the podcast for people who have medical histories which are longer and more complicated than a Game of Thrones novel. Hi, I'm James Allen. I'm your chronic illness companion. How's your pain today? Mine's fairly low, maybe 3 out of 10 right now. It's a lot better than a few days ago when i was really unwell i thought i had covid but tested negative so i don't know worst part was and this probably goes for you too if you have a chronic illness it's it's not just the cold or the virus or whatever it was it's it's the interaction it has with all my other illnesses that makes it frustrating because i stopped taking my medication that I take for my AS for a couple of days while I was really unwell so I wasn't taking the anti-inflammatories with which helped my joint pain and I didn't take my methotrexate which I was supposed to take that day. Luckily I, I wasn't due to take my biologic injection which I think I think it's this weekend. So I recovered quite quickly from whatever virus or whatever I had but The next few days, I then had to recover from the fact that my AAS was worse because I hadn't taken my meds. (laughs) Uh, You know what it's like. Thanks for being here to listen to me, because I don't really have anyone else to talk to who knows what it's like having a chronic illness. So thank you. Anyway, today's episode will pick up from last week's episode where we were learning about the neuroscience of pain. I'm not sure how many episodes it'll take to cover it all because I don't really plan these episodes. I just I just go for however long I can before I start to lose steam, before I need to have a rest or get up and move or before the aches and pains start to build and I I get too much brain fog and I start to lose track of what I'm saying. Okay you know what it's like we can't just blast through things like most people we have to pace ourselves do things in smaller chunks but a bit at a time so I know you understand why I don't just do it all in one massive three-hour-long podcast. So I don't know how much we'll cover today, but I find it fascinating stuff. And I think it helps. Like we saw last week, a lot of people find it easier to live with chronic pain if they understand why it's happening and how it works. I think i got quite a good analogy for it. You know, if there's some sound, some repetitive sound, maybe outside your home somewhere, and you don't know what it is or who's making it or or why, that can be really annoying and stressful because if you're trying to concentrate on something or if you're trying to relax... It's like, what is that? What the hell is going on? But if you find out what it is, maybe it's the local council clearing some drains or digging a hole to fix a, a burst water pipe. When you know what it is and why it's happening, I think it becomes less annoying. Because you know, okay, it's annoying, but at least there's a reason for it happening that makes sense. Well, I think learning about the science behind pain is basically like that. By understanding why it's happening, it can become, I don't know less scary like it's like it's not just some unfathomable evil force in your body uh and more of a simple it's a mechanism that you can see and understand so just before we get to that i wanted to share this this wonderful email i got from someone who has been using the Chronic Insights Symptom Diary app. They got in contact a while ago to ask if their app could be changed so that when you're putting in a number for a symptom like pain, using the number dial, you could ask it to snap to whole numbers. And they got in contact this week and they kindly allowed me to share this email with you. And this is it. Quote, Hi, we chatted a while back about the app request I had, which was snapping to whole numbers for pain. I stopped using Chronic Insights for a while for external reasons, and today I came back, and whoa, it's got a great UI, great features, and I just wanted to thank you for adding the snap to whole numbers thing. I'd forgotten about it, and it was just really happy to see it there. I flipped between different apps for a while, but there weren't any good everything apps for health came back to chronic insights and for sure was not disappointed staying and paying thank you so much for what you do so thank you so much for sharing that and yeah i think this is one of the great things about my symptoms diary app it's not just another app made by some big company made by developers who aren't disabled and are just guessing what a symptom diary app should be and should look like which is pushed out and never changes i work on this app all the time when i'm well enough for years now because it's my passion it's the one thing that i've done that i'm really proud of and It's become my main thing in life. So, if you're using the app and there's anything you want to be added, a feature, a different UI, whatever, just let me know. I can't promise that it will be added. You know, it has to be feasible and it can't be too complex or confusing. Like, I had a suggestion for the medication feature where you could record. That you were taken part of a dose, like half a tablet or something, and, and, and then had the rest later. And it's interesting, but I'm not sure yet how I can add that feature without it being too confusing and, and hard to use. So anyway, thanks, thanks to everyone who has sent in feature suggestions. Please keep them coming in. You can email me at james at chronicinsights.com or DM me on Instagram so the science of pain last week we talked about how normal pain works the the useful kind of pain which lets you know that your body has an injury starting starting at the nocine receptor the type of sensory neuron the long nerve cells in your body that transmit signals one really cool thing I I didn't mention last week is how long these nerve cells are because when we think about cells in the human body we, we often think of these teeny tiny little things that you can't see without a microscope well a sensory, a sensory nerve cell, a neuron, can be a meter in length, a meter, one cell. That's amazing. These really long ones are in your legs, so they can carry a signal from your toes all the way up the base of your spine in one go that's awesome so so the so the nociceptor is a type of sensory neuron which detects injury and there are different kinds which are specialized at sensing different things some detect extreme heat some extreme pressure or stretching and others detect certain chemicals like like ones which are released when we are physically damaged one of these happens to be capsaicin the the chemical in chili peppers which is why when we eat chilies it feels like it's burning it's not actually burning it's just that our Nociceptors are interpreting it as extreme heat. I had one last week. It was a good thing I tried it first before slicing it up and putting it in my dinner. Just the tiniest, tiniest bit. I tried it and it it blew my face off. (laughs) It was just... Well, the, the reason is was packed with capsaicin and my no C receptors in my mouth, the instant it came into contact, bang, they activated. So when no C receptors activate, they send an electrical impulse all the way up the length of that nerve cell, first to the spinal cord, then up the spine to the brain, except that's not the whole story. It might not actually get to the brain because there will usually be several neurons involved in passing the signal up to the brain. And, and at the junction between neurons is the synapse, a little gap. And waiting at the gap, are neurotransmitters chemicals which can jump into the gap and may or may not continue the signal depending on if there are enough of them and whether there are any counteracting neurotransmitters which can actively stop the signal And then even if it gets transmitted all the way to the brain into the junction box called the thalamus and then to the cerebral cortex, the outer layer at the top of the brain, there are more factors involved. Memory, emotional state, alertness, things that have happened previously can all affect how that signal is actually processed and what we ultimately experience. So that's the main pain pathway from pain sensor to the brain. And normally pain like this, acute pain, which is short-lived and happens because of an injury, this is extremely helpful to us. But in chronic pain, something goes wrong. And because the nervous system is so complex, There are a lot of things which can go wrong. (laughs) It's like Scotty said in Star Trek. (laughs) The more complicated they make the plumbing, the easier it is to stuff up the drains. (laughs) That's my really terrible Scotty accent. Sorry, sorry about that. (laughs) But for example, when you get an injury and the nociceptors do their normal job of signaling that something is wrong, sometimes the body actually produces more receptors at that spot. Sometimes temperature or some of those touch sensors we already talked about And they can actually start triggering the nociceptors, And this explains why sometimes chronic pain can linger long after the injury has healed. Which is sometimes called post-traumatic pain or complex regional pain syndrome. And remember those synapses, the junctions, which pass signals from one neuron to the next? Well, the more signals go across those synapses, the better they become at passing on more signals because the synapse will produce more neurotransmitter to jump into that gap and and carry the signal on. And when these signals get to the cortex in the brain, instead of just one small part of the brain getting activated, if there is repeated stimulation, eventually more areas can become activated. And they sort of start reinforcing each other, like getting feedback on a mic so that the brain itself actually changes, so that more of it just becomes good at processing pain. In a way, it's like muscle memory. If you start learning the piano, it's it's really, really hard just to play a few notes. You have to really think about them every time. but after years of practice it can actually become almost subconscious you can just play without really thinking about the individual movements anymore and that's because the neurons doing those specific movements with your fingers have become really good over time at sending those signals this can sometimes happen with chronic pain And it's called central sensitization. If we experience pain for a long period of time, the brain actually becomes more sensitive to pain. So so that sucks, right? I don't know about you, but some of these facts are like, so you're the reason why. But, you know, at least it starts to make sense, right? It's not that our bodies hate us. (laughs) It's that our bodies are just doing what they're evolved to do. It's just that it's getting it wrong for some reason. I prefer knowing why and understanding it. It helps me be less angry or frustrated and a bit more in control of my chronic pain. It helps me rationalize it to understand it. And maybe, just maybe, we can learn some things which can really help us manage our own pain. Did you know that the body actually has mechanisms to reduce pain? Did you know that the body produces its own opioids? I was really amazed when I learned that. I had no idea. And those inhibitory neurotransmitters? Did you know that as well as pain pathways going up the neuron to the brain there are also pathways going from the brain back down to the body which can act to reduce and dampen down pain. So we can also learn about why certain things might affect pain and more importantly understand them in the context of our own unique circumstances, our own health conditions and our own environments, our own bodies. And effectively what we're doing here is becoming experts of our bodies. I like that. I hope you do too. Let me know what you think. James at chronicinsights.com Here's another interesting thing about pain, which... Can give us more insight into how it works. You know, in a movie, if there's been a gunfight, you know, Keanu Reeves has been blasting some bad guys or whatever, <laughs> and the good guys are celebrating and then someone realises they've been shot and <laughs> they didn't realise. This is a real thing that can happen. It's documented. So what's going on there? Well, being in a gunfight is probably the most stressful environment there is, right? Alertness is through the roof. You might literally might die at any minute. And because of this, the biochemistry in the brain changes into a radically different state because of things like adrenaline which is a very powerful hormone it's produced by part of our nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system which is a bit of a weird name sympathy can mean working together working in sympathy So the sympathetic nervous system is lots of parts of the nervous system working as one. Basically, it's part of our nervous system which makes us more alert and ready for action. The reason someone can get shot and not feel pain is because at that moment, the brain is interpreting things differently because of the highly stressful life and death situation it's in so this just helps to reinforce this point that all pain is is how the brain interprets signals from the body and there are similar documented stories from sports where maybe there's a cup final Everything is on the line and a player can actually fracture a bone. Something that's normally immediately very painful and not realize until after the game when the adrenaline stops flowing. And actually from an evolutionary perspective, this makes sense, right? If we're in that kind of highly stressful situation... It's actually better for our survival if we're not distracted by pain at that moment when we might need to be thinking more about how do I get away from this tiger which has huge teeth and is looking at me like I'm the last chicken in the coop. Another interesting thing is have you ever noticed that when you stub your toe, there's there's a few moments there where it doesn't hurt. Because we know from last week that nerves can transmit signals at 100 meters a second. So we should feel it immediately, right? And sometimes when you injure yourself, let's say your arm, and you know... Something has happened, but it's not until you look and you realize that you've cut yourself that the pain then kicks in. So what this tells us is that the brain is not just using signals from your nerves, but it's actually using what you see, like... What was that? Oh my god, I've been cut. And and what you hear, like your toe banging off the table. When you hear that bang, you know it's going to hurt, right? What you're thinking, like I'm having a really bad day or oh my, that tiger looks hungry. <laughs> your emotional state you're in a World Cup final it uses all these things to help figure out how to interpret the pain signal so I don't know about you but as someone who lives with chronic pain every day I find this fascinating and illuminating. It makes me want to learn more about what's going on in the brain because I feel like I have more power over it instead of it hanging, instead of it having all the power over me because I understand it. I think. It can improve our relationship with pain. What do you think? I hope this helps. I'm at the point now where the aching in my hips and my back is starting to fog my brain so. I think I need to stop for this week, but there's there's some good stuff coming up, so next week I'll talk about the parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically the opposite of the fight or flight mechanism, it's the part of our nervous system which can calm us down, which Which wakes up when we meditate, when we slow our breathing, when we relax, when we touch and cuddle and kiss, when we do the things that make us happy. It can have a profound effect on chronic pain, how we experience it. And we'll talk about other things which can dampen down chronic pain, like the body's own opioids. So so that will be next week. I'll end this episode, as usual, with a poem I wrote about chronic pain. It's one of the poems from my upcoming poetry book. It's called Prism and it's it's one of my favorites. Sometimes when the pain is just right, when it catches the angle of the light just so, poems tumble out of my head, but I am too exhausted to catch them, in the notebook I keep in my pocket, so they fall to the ground, and I watch with morbid fascination, As they slowly turn to dust, unwritten, until you come to gather me up, to stroke my head and kiss my cheek, and I smile as I watch the dust float away. Clinting in the light. Okay, thanks for being here, my spoony friend, my companion in chronic illness. Just remember that we're in this together and you're not alone. See you next time.